the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, greetings. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the Tuesday edition, which actually feels like the Monday edition of The Ride Home, of course, because of Labor Day. Kath, was your Labor Day a labor or was it a relaxation? It was a total relaxation. Nice. What's that look Complete. like around the Evans house? Well, I got to be honest with you, it focused on food. Yeah. It did. You in the kitchen? Mm-hmm. I felt so, good about it. I was actually uh, more out on the grill, oh. but it started Sunday night mm-hmm. because I have a um, I have a mission each year to eat potato salad on Labor Day. <laughs> Do you though? And it has Tell to be. Me. It has to be made the night before. Uh, and of course. It has to be. You know, it has to soak in the dressing, and it has to be very cold. Mm, that's very nice. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So you yeah, can't yeah. be making it Monday morning and then no, assume no, no, that no, Monday no. at two o'clock it's ready. Not good. It's just no. not. It's right. just not. So everyone's potato salad is a little different. Mm-hmm. Where are you headed with yours? How's it look? Uh, mine is unusual, and I would assume it is not to the liking of most people. Why is that? I admit that. Well, because of this. Two words for you. Green olives. Oh, no, no. Green olives are very welcome. I know they are for you, but yeah. I think that for the most, mm. for the average person, probably so, they would yeah. look at this potato salad and they would say, "Really? Do you have olives. to have all that in there? You have celery in there? I have celery in there. I have onion in there. Just mm, a yeah. little bit of onion, That's not good. much. Okay. Yeah, good. I have six. Count them: six hard-boiled eggs. Well, mm-hmm. and I have the green olives with Very pimento. Nice. And uh, would you call it chunky or fine? I would call salad. it chunky. Chunky. All right. Mm-hmm. I would call it chunky. It's pretty salty. Mm, that's I mean, also that's, to too. be honest with you, that's why I like it so much. Yeah, yeah. And so are there leftovers for today? There are, but just enough for dinner. I mean, we, <laughs> all you I, made, need. I made like three and a quarter pounds of a potato salad. It's what? Just my, it's just my husband and I at our home. You ate three You ate three and a quarter pounds almost since yesterday? Um, I mean, that's just sickening, isn't it? Holy. So you're going to that pandemic 15 for you. Huh? Sorry, people. That's it. Sorry. Holy it's Labor smokes. Day. What are you going to say? Yeah, I mean, yeah. for goodness sake. No, good. That's what about funny. you? I didn't do a dang thing. I did not. I did not. I was in bed last night at nine. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still, you know, suffering through this you know, shoulder thing. So I'm not myself. Now the shoulder thing. Now for people who aren't used to joining us on a daily basis, yeah. John had his shoulder replaced three yeah. weeks ago today. So it's not mm-hmm. a shoulder thing. Like you got a little like itch back there. It's a shoulder. You have thing. like a whole new bit of machinery. I do. Planted. Yeah. There was sawing and there was hammering going on there three weeks from today. Uh, three weeks, you know, hence. And uh, I'm still sort of, you know. Toddling along with this thing, I, I got some PT in my uh, future. I look forward to that. So, but I'm not 100. percent I'm just, you know, in between like lying on the couch or taking a little walk, and I'm just <laughs> pathetic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all. Listen, the fact that you're working 
you know, full time, three weeks after having your shoulder replaced, I think is pretty impressive. That's a, you know, it's a, it's good. It's good to stay active. I'll say that. Is it, it not? really good? So you had nothing. Did you eat anything of value, or was was foods not very appetizing? To you Actually, uh, my son, my son made us dinner last night. We just had uh, these sort of like rice bowls, rice and mm. vegetables, and some you know some grilled vegetables, and uh, I think he had some sh- uh, strips of steak on there with okay. some little hot sauce. That's all we did. All no. right, it's fine. I sat yeah. on the couch. Sure. Okay. I mean, that's what Labor Day is for, right? That's Just kicking exactly. back a little bit. I hope so. Yeah. I liked it. All right. Well, yeah. coming up on today's program, we have a lot that we're eager to talk to you about. In the five o'clock hour, we have open phones. And by open phones, I guess I shouldn't say open because it's not like we're going to talk about just anything. We're going to talk in particular about your perspective on the Black Lives Matter protests over the weekend in the city of Pittsburgh. Oh my goodness. If you're online, or if you read a local newspaper, if you're on Twitter or Facebook, um, you saw two of the videos that reached over a million viewers over the last two days. The and- president chimed in. President Trump even chimed in on them. So um, we're eager to hear from you. Um, How are you looking at the Black Lives Matter movement? Does what you saw on video over the weekend change your perspective? That'll be uh, open phones at 525 this afternoon. Um, Also coming up this hour, we'll talk uh, Mike Pence making a trip to uh, Pittsburgh tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Um, an event hosted by the Women's Choice Network. Uh, so we'll talk about Pence and Walker Percy with our friend Jessica Hooten Wilson, who is an associate professor of the humanities at John Brown University. So we'll talk about current events mixed with literature. Mm-hmm. Also, um, a man who donated sperm to a sperm bank some, hey. what, 23, 24 years ago, he's got 19 children and counting. Little did he know. They started showing up all of a sudden. His wife bought him one of those uh, 23 and Me things. And they go, hey, dad, hey, I just want to talk to you for a second. Then they started friending each other on Facebook. How about that for a surprise? It's so wrong, yes. people. It, you, come on. Let's all like listen to this and realize that this is wrong. Stop spilling anyway, the seed. Uh, that's at 425. Okay. And coming, <laughs> coming up next this week in our nation's capital, our weekly guest, Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent, will give us the latest on what's inside the Beltway and what it means to you. It's the Tuesday edition, post-Labor Day, the ride home. <laughs> WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. This scripture is not just what has happened, it is what is happening. It is not just what God has said, it is what God is saying to our society today because history is like a broken phonograph record, it just keeps repeating itself. Join us for more of Adrian Rogers' series, Challenges to the Cross, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have 5 to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm Kathy Emmons. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in network. Isn't it time for a change? Stop the insanity. Call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30 percent. 
It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. Or go to MarleyFG.com. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HenneyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. This is Jerry Boyer. This radio station has been telling you for months that November's election could vastly change our country's future. If you believe in liberty, supported by a strong economy, and religious freedom, your values are on the line. Please register and prepare to vote at your polling place or by absentee. This election is huge. We are at a crossroads. We all should vote. And keep listening to this station for what this election means. We start our broadcast week by heading to the White House, where SRN News' Greg Clarkson joins us. Greg, uh, thanks for coming along today. How are things in the nation's capital for you and the administration? Hey, good afternoon, and uh, hello to a new week. Uh, Well, it's always something going on. Of course, uh, when you talk about the administration these days, you can't really have a discussion about that without talking about the campaign, because we're 56 days away from Election Day. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So this had to gear up really fast. Didn't you know, normally it's kind of like a slow ascent. It seems like the last two years of a president's term. This one, because of COVID, everything got messed up. And so now is it does it seem like everybody is like in full fast forward mode? Yeah, if not complete, if not at full fast forward mode, getting there and getting there quickly. We're seeing, for example, the president today, he spoke um, an hour ago down in Florida about an environmental um topic that in speech that he gave there and then on his way back to Washington he's stopping off in North Carolina for an evening rally. So I think we're going to see more of that from the president um you know making one two a couple of extra stops even on on other foreign not not foreign but other policy trips uh, and 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 folding in campaign stops along the way. And of course on on the democratic side we are seeing uh, as we did yesterday on Labor Day, we saw both the vice pres- former Vice President Biden and his running mate, Kamala Harris, out uh, stumping as well. So I think we're going to see more of that. It may not still, Kathy, it still may not be exactly like um, full retail campaigning that we're, um, that we're used to uh, because of the pandemic, but we're going to see more of it look familiar, I think. Well, speaking of familiar, you'll be on the campaign trail on a traditional route tomorrow. And for goodness sake, Greg, you'll be in our hometown of Pittsburgh, PA. I know. So it's, it's kind of a good news, bad news scenario. The good news 
is I will be in Pittsburgh for a good part of the day tomorrow, but the bad news is I can't stop by and uh, see you guys at the studio. <laughs> so sorry about that. Heck yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah, I, it's be... hard to believe that you would prioritize uh, Vice President Pence over John and I. <laughs> It is it is hard to explain, and I won't even try to. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Good. I Appreciate think it's the way to do it. No, All right. So, so, uh, so, yeah. so t- tell us, you're coming in to Pittsburgh to cover what, Greg? So the vice president is, uh, they're calling it a bus tour. It's sort of an abbreviated bus tour, and that maybe is, again, one of the reasons uh, that, you know, the pandemic is really forcing things to not be like they typically are. It's not like a, an across-the-state multi-day bus tour, but it's going to be around the, the greater Pittsburgh area. And so the president is going to be visiting the Cornerstone Ministries Church, and he's going to be having a discussion about the Trump administration's pro-life agenda and uh, has, a, has a chat, a fireside chat, as they're calling it, um, talking about the, uh, the pro-life um, policies of this administration. And then later, uh, on a different subject, the vice president is going to be g- giving remarks at a workers for Trump event, talking about American energy. So those are the, uh, the main stops for the vice president tomorrow. I see. And you'll be traveling with how large of an entourage, Greg? Well, um, I don't know how many, um, I, I'm guessing um, not a lot of uh, reporters from Washington. I think there's going to be a TV, uh, a network television crew that will be uh, traveling as the pool on Air Force Two, and I will be on, on the plane as well. Typically, when the vice president and the vice president travel um, to cities like Pittsburgh, is we will pick up some of the local press from the local city. So you might have a local TV station, you might have one of your newspapers have a reporter there as well. Yeah, well, too bad we couldn't see you. We'd love to give you a terrible towel and a pierogi, some Pittsburgh swag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could definitely try the pierogi. I would love that. All right, Greg, so let's get back to the campaign and talk about the fact that the president willing to put some of his own money where his mouth is. Yeah, this was something that he uh, talked to us, uh, talked to us, the, the, the traveling pool down to Florida earlier today as he was getting aboard Air Force One. And uh, this follows some reporting by the New York Times and others in the last few days talking about how the Trump campaign um, a few months ago had an enormous financial advantage money-wise, campaign cash-wise, compared to Joe Biden's campaign. And that the Trump campaign has been spending at a at a fast clip and that yeah. they now maybe <laughs> are perhaps even going to be challenged in terms of fundraising because uh, Biden had a very strong month of fundraising in August. And so responding to those reports, the, the president said, yeah, I spent $60 million of my own money back in the 2016 primaries. And he said he's prepared to do that again. Uh, he didn't talk about a specific dollar amount, but said he's willing to dig into his own pocket um, to help his reelection effort if necessary. Although he was stressing that uh, his campaign has more money um, today you know, going into the final two months of the campaign than it did four years ago going into the last two months against Hillary Clinton. See, you know, Greg, it's really not surprising. I mean, it felt to me like, you know, every week in my mailbox, there'd be a large oversized postcard, you know, four colors with photographs from the Trump uh, campaign. Of course, also the um, TV commercials uh, famously blanketed network television and local news as well. So clearly he blew through hundreds of millions of dollars in these uh, last couple of months or so. Yeah, it, it looks as if he did, and they've had a very strong digital uh, advertising approach, and so a, a ton of online ads in addition to what you just talked about, John. And what's interesting is uh, the president said that he felt 
uh, he and his campaign felt like they had to spend a lot early in this campaign because of the pandemic. They felt that um, they were getting a bum rap in terms of how the administration, how the federal government was responding to coronavirus. And so he said that they had stepped up their uh, their advertising a lot earlier than they might have uh, normally. At least that's what the president said. And so given that, if it's necessary... To, to need a few more dollars here in these last, you know, 56 days, the president said he may be digging into his personal savings, his personal account, if it comes to that. He said he's doing, to, he said he's willing to do whatever it takes because of the importance of the of this election. That's Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent, in his uh, weekly stint on our show. Greg, let's talk about the uh, story that was published in the online magazine The Atlantic last week. Um, it was devastating in its um, allegation against the president and his, uh, let's put it this way, his um, his personal viewpoint towards people in the military, especially people who have been either prisoners of war or injured uh, in combat. Um, there have been a lot ever since the the article came out, a lot of people saying that that was taken out of context, that that's not exactly what he meant. In fact, John Bolton even comes out yesterday and says that that wasn't said at all. Uh, what are you hearing? Right. And as, as the president has pointed out a couple of times over the last few days is, you know, John Bolton is no... Uh, no real friend anymore, I guess, of Donald Trump. And so it's, it's important that, uh, that his view be heard on that point. In fact, the White House um, has been highlighting the 14, 15, 16, however many it is now, um, senior officials or former White House uh, administration officials um, who would have had knowledge, who maybe were on the trip, a couple of years ago to France, and for those who don't know the story, uh, it centers on the president's trip to France a couple of years ago and uh, his plans that were scuttled because, uh, presumably because of bad weather. There's no question there was bad weather, rain and fog that prevented him from taking a helicopter to an American uh, military cemetery. And so uh, the article says that it's uh, on that particular trip overseas, uh, and dealing with you know the bad weather and looking at backup logistics that the president was expressing these feelings and uttering these words uh, and disparaging American war dead, and so um, obviously the president came out um, you, know, you know really blazing against this you know saying that this was completely made up, completely false story, and as I mentioned the White House was really touting and, and listing for reporters and for the American public a long list of officials who were um, who were going on the record to say that that story was not true. Yes, and, and what's surprising is the four unnamed sources have yet to appear, and it feels as though we'll not hear from those unnamed sources. Yeah, it's possible we will not, uh, because these stories, you know, for every president, every administration, they, uh, they, they these kinds of stories do come up. And, of course, when you're looking... Uh, at a story like this in the context of uh, of a heated campaign as well, you also wonder about uh, those sources and maybe, uh, you know, the motivation behind the story. Uh, you always hear about surprises and how campaigns can respond to unexpected events and unexpected stories. And so the White House and the campaign were very aggressively, um, you know, marching this story back. Uh, but it, it, it does it does portray... Um, um, a president, you know, if you if you were to believe it, it's damaging in the sense that um, you know his uh, the views that were expressed in the article uh, were very disparaging of the American military. And the president, in response, even just yesterday, was saying, "Look, 
Uh, we have supported the military and the Pentagon and the, and the military budget for years, ever since he's been in office. He says it's completely, uh, completely false story. Mm. Now, the story was written by uh, Jeffrey Goldberg, who's the editor-in-chief of The Atlantic. So it's not like this is some you know, fly-by-night reporter who you've never heard of. Um, so Jeffrey Goldberg has a lot on the line here, too. Well, that's true. And sometimes, uh, sometimes stories that have anonymous sources do get um, unfair criticism. I'm not, I'm not saying that in this particular case it's unfair criticism. But there are times when anonymous sources are anonymous for a good reason. And again, I don't know the circumstances for these sources withholding their identity, uh, but there are times from a journalistic standpoint when having sources um, provide information off the record, or at least if not off the record, not giving their name, uh, can be useful, um, and there may be good and valid reasons for them um, to remain anonymous as well. So um, it's 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 easy sometimes to throw a story like this kind of in the negative pile just simply because you hear the term anonymous sources. Uh, but again, not knowing exactly who's involved with this, um, I, I, would, I don't want to pass judgment on that. But as a journalist, sometimes those sources are very valuable. Yeah, and, you know, and that's a good word. You know, to to say it's a pile because they, how many how many things you know um, come the president's way and things just keep on moving. I mean, goodness gracious, he was impeached for heaven's sake. This is just you know another thing you're going to add to the fire. So you know, if you love the president, you're going to stay with the president. I don't think this is going to change a lot of people's minds. I mean, I hope it's not true. Um, we pray it's not true because you know certainly a lot of veterans love the president and want to support him in these times. Sure. And look, I, I don't think any American wants any president, um, you know, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, to to express those kinds of views about American no military. It, it's not it should not be a political issue. Uh, we want our obviously our presidents as commanders in chief to be supportive. And the president says that's exactly what he has done. You know, I, I, in reading the article, which I've read, you know, multiple times, I think the thing that sticks with you more than anything, I mean, any of the allegations, um, some of the the quoting, you think, okay, you know, that could have been misheard, this could be a political hit job or whatever. But the thing that kind of remained is just the president's uh, um, not being able to understand the idea of sacrifice. Um, and that could be the most damaging thing of all. Right, and and the article you know talks about a couple of other instances besides this uh, particular episode in France that kind of adds to what I think maybe you're referring to, Kathy. And um, yeah, what's I guess what is troubling for some, and even for some supporters of of the president um, who are you know in a position of you know wanting to defend him, and and as John said, wanting to you know hoping that you know what was quoted was not said by by Donald Trump. Uh, when you do look at the president. Um, at times, uh, there is a, there is undiscipline when it comes to his language. When he uh, when he fights back, when he when he counterpunches, and sometimes uh, he uses colorful language, and uh, he calls people names, and has often been accused of bullying. And so, when you look at at the broader picture, some people would say, "Boy, I hope that's not true." But I really wonder, given his track record on other issues, uh, just given his own performance. And so that's what makes it it, it tricky for the White House and for the campaign mm -hmm. to, to quickly move past the story, given the track record of the president. Well, Greg, we appreciate your insight into this. We also are very excited to welcome you to our hometown tomorrow. Now, you know that if John had not just had shoulder replacement surgery and I was not recovering from a kidney stone, we would be there at the airport to welcome in Air Force Two. You know that, right? We're so sad. 
Wow, you guys. I'm, well, first of all, I'm glad you're both uh, recovering, so that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, yes, but I appreciate the welcome. I will feel welcome whether I get a chance to see you or not in person, but okay. I'll be glad to, uh, to tell you next week about my story and my visit nice. there. Well, it'll be 90 degrees tomorrow, so you might want to pack the seersucker suit just to uh, be comfortable <laughs> and uh, give a beep where, you know, if you drive by Green Tree or I think you're, you're going to go pretty close to our house. He's, he's, gonna, he's literally going to go right by the studio. And yeah. then, Greg, you're going to go right past John's house. Yeah, pretty much so. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. So we're, we're going to be in Murraysville for part of the day, right? There you and go. Yeah. I, I live like 10 minutes from Murraysville, Greg. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I will... I'll have my GPS out as we're in the bus or the van or whatever mm-hmm. we're, we're riding nice. in, and uh, I'll look for you. Good. John will be standing there with his arm in a sling holding like a little flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look for the slightly pudgy, overweight, pathetic guy. That'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Greg. Always a pleasure. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. And we'll be right back. Welcome back. As life gets back to normal and we start heading back to work, don't leave your leftover stash of toilet paper exposed to rodents. Send them packing the most humane way with Plug-In Pest Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, the electromagnetic device that utilises the active wiring in your home or business to keep rodents and pests away, 100% chemical free and environmentally friendly. Just plug it in, it's that simple. My strongest performer, the Pro Unit, is good for most homes and small businesses up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. Is your home or business protected? If not, order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code RADIO20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code RADIO20. gopestfree.com, promo code RADIO20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in. And forget. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. We're all feeling the weight of COVID-19. But for kids in poverty around the world, things are becoming desperate. Join Compassion International and provide for a family in poverty. Make your one-time $40 gift. Text HOPE to 83393. We depend on our drinking water supply daily, but where does that water come from? Your water provider encourages you to get to know your local water source so together we can protect and preserve it. The investments we make as a community to protect our water source now Ensure we have a sustainable drinking water supply for the future. Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association and your local water provider. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by federal law. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all of these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and we are required to do so. Regardless of your position on these 
these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Patchy clouds expected for tonight. Expect a low tonight of 62. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny, very warm and humid. Tomorrow will reach a high of 88. Mostly clear skies on tap for tomorrow night. We'll see a low tomorrow night of 64. Thursday, periods of clouds and sunshine. The high Thursday, 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Thirty years ago, there's a story about a, a young medical student, Bruce Cleary, who was uh, 23 years at the age of uh, yeah, at, at that age, three decades ago, 23 years of age, and uh, young medical student. And uh, he says in this article I'm reading in the New York Post, Washington Post, that uh, you know different medical students are asked for contributions to aid to the you know the medical research and someone came in and said hey you know i need the sperm donors would you be interested so he was like okay sure i do plus you know there was a small financial incentive as well so over the course of the year he donated sperm 19 different times and um they they said well you know we're only going to use this for five different samples uh if we do choose to use it in laboratory we'll use it across country this man uh, bryce cleary was living in portland oregon at the time and um you know he went on with his life now he's a a medical doctor for the last uh, couple of decades or so in portland oregon and his wife this past christmas bought him one of those uh, genealogy uh, test kits you know 23 and me and that and um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, he got an email and someone said to him, excuse me, I, I don't mean to intrude on your life, but I was wondering if you would talk to me about your medical history, because I see from this 23andMe that you may be my father. Of course, he was surprised and uh, he chose not to write back. But then shortly a day later, another email came and then another and another oh and another God. And another until 19 different people had reached out to this man, 19 different children that he had sired through his sperm donation. And now at the age of 53, he has this dilemma on his hands. What does he do? How much of a father role does he play? Does he disclose medical history? Does he invite kids over for a family dinner? I mean, a lot of these kids are living, you know, next to you know, next to the town that he lives in. These these donations did not go across country. So what the heck? The ethics of something like this? Of course, thirty years ago, he wasn't thinking like there would be a thing like this. But you know, new medical science and innovations. Before you know it, you got yourself a brood. 19 plus. Yeah. We are so screwed up as people. Oh my God. I mean, come on. Like this, oh, there's something wrong with this. There's something wrong with the sperm bank, John. I'm just you know, saying it. I'm just saying weird thing. there's so something wrong. The kids, these, you know, the kids, the new kids, they oh. got to know each other via Facebook. They started doing like Friday night, Friday night game nights talking about their dad. I mean, I mean, it's, it's crazy. 
That is okay. So does this man, do you know if this physician has other children? I mean, other like with he his does. wife, he has two, two other grown children. Great. Mm-hmm. So they have 19 siblings. half siblings. Yep. Okay. It's just, just, I can't, what do you, what would you do? What uh, you, you're going to give them all 50 bucks for Christmas? Or I think what? you have to meet your kids and sit down and say, Hey, you guys, uh, I didn't mean for this to happen, but let's get to know each other a little bit. I mean, you know, <laughs> You're would part you of me. do that? Would you say, let's yeah. get to know each other a little bit? I think you'd have to. I think, you know, to do the right thing, you'd have to. Yeah. With 19 people. Somebody reached out to you. You can't deny it. So, you you know, you give it your best. That's all. So what's right? his relationship like with the sperm bag that said they were going to only send his sperm over to the Atlantic coast? Oh, he's suing them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Has so the sperm bag commented in any way? They have not, no, because no. of the uh, the suit, the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So maybe you know he'll he'll win a suit and share his uh, his winnings with the the rest of his uh, fodder. I mean, what seriously is is it too obvious for me to say this is not what God intended? <laughs> it's not. It's not. Again, what fresh hell is this? Oh my gosh! Okay. Yeah, well, you know. God bless those 19 people who spent their whole life looking for a dad. Of course, right? Yeah, I would think so. I don't know. Anyway, that's the world we live in today. Let's take a quick break. Come back. Jessica Hooten-Wilson is with us. Exegesis and um, Mike Pence and Scripture and uh, the validity and use of it and the misinterpretation of all that. That's next in a few minutes. Stick around. 101.5 WORD. Right now, some of you feeling inadequate about what God is asking you to do. Dr. Michael Youssef. God gives power to the brokenhearted. God strengthens the fainthearted. God specializes in using those who feel inadequate. God specializing in using those who are broken spirits. Learn more this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. God's Word is power, and we need to be in His Word every day gaining wisdom. God is very patient, but because of our immoral society, we are drowning in debt, have poor public education, and corruption all around us. Our founders would be horrified at what the democratic agenda has become. With the right and left fighting each other, they get none of the work done. Please go to ProfitToAmerica.com. We're going to lose America. You can't remain silent. That's ProfitToAmerica.com. This message is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1 million or more of affordable term life insurance. Even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes, $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. We're term provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or on prescription medications, you may still qualify for half a million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote by calling Term Provider at 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call Term Provider at 800-555-2085 or visit Term Provider. Provider.com. Termprovider.com. September 18th, 7.30 p.m. Drusky Entertainment proudly presents For King and Country. For King and Country, in concert at the Starlight Drive-In, Butler, PA, Rain or Shine. So let my life 
Drive-in tickets on sale now at DreskyENT.com. Gates open at 5.30 for King & Country, September 18th at the Starlight Drive-In, Butler, PA. Details at TruskyENT.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy & Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. It is uh, certainly not a new thing, but it is uh, a dangerous thing, where if you're a follower of Jesus, well, even if you're not, but especially if you are, and you take the Holy Scripture and twist it and cut it and turn it and manipulate it in such a way to your own needs. That is not a good way to embrace God's holy word. Jessica Houghton Wilson is here to talk to us exactly about that. Jessica is Associate Professor of Humanities at John Brown University, and uh, uh, we uh, love having you with us. So, Jessica, welcome to the show. How are you today? Oh, thanks very much for having me again. Thank yeah. you. Jessica, you've written a piece um, specifically addressing uh, Vice President Mike Pence's speech at the uh, Republican National Convention uh, last week. And um, before we go any further, though, I think it's important to say that this this is not something that is exclusive to Mike Pence. This is something that leaders have done all through the eras of time and how and perhaps what's even worse is that all of us on a daily basis, just in our normal, you know, work life or home life, do it, too. Yeah, that was definitely my point. I wasn't trying to antagonize against a political party. It was more just, wow, we're just letting our leaders get away with manipulating scripture and acting like it's okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk for for people who didn't hear uh, Mike Pence's RNC speech. Uh, talk about what portions of it kind of sent up a red flag for you. Well, he substituted the name of Jesus in the passage he quoted from Hebrews with old glory, so referring to the flags behind him. And then he substituted, uh, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, let us fix our eyes on old glory, and then he substituted, and let us follow the saints with, let us follow this land of heroes. Um, both of those things are really problematic because yeah. it's prioritizing this Christ, you know, the current kingdom of earth over and above the Christian kingdom, which is eternal. Yeah. Right. And I don't, I don't get why people choose to do that, Jessica. Of course, you can't be inside, you know, the man's head, but it's purely just seems for political gain. Well, what you have is a bunch of speechwriters, really, and so rather than the person actually giving the speech, it's a lot of speechwriters who think, okay, I'm looking at my demographic, the contingency in the audience are people who believe in the Bible. I don't really know the Bible. So I'm going to pull some things that sound very biblical and use them for our advantage. <laughs> so you have someone who is trying to manipulate the audience rather than try to say something that's true and deep and meaningful, um, in which you could actually search the scriptures and talk about what it means to be a good citizen, right? Uh, and that's not what the speechwriters were doing. Yeah, here's. I guess we can we can look at the the motive for it in different ways. I, uh, the most charitable way I think you could look at it is the fact that the people who wrote the speech 
really don't get the distinction. I think that that could be perhaps the biggest problem that we have is that a lot of the American populace today, a lot of the, you know, 203 million people who call themselves Christians don't really see a problem with taking a scripture verse, which is, um, which is encouraging us to fix our eyes on an eternal prize and using that same type of using that same exact language to focus on a present kingdom that will end at some point. Right. You're not going to be able to be a good good citizen or a good patriot without first being a good Christian. I mean, our our founders understood that from the beginning, that you have to have something outside of yourself and higher than yourself to devote yourself to in order to see the necessity of a common good, the necessity of the good of the people around you. Um, That you couldn't actually put, C.S. Lewis says, put first things first and second things second. And I think when it comes to our understanding of our, our fidelity to our country, we oftentimes put that first and then our faith second. It really needs to be the other way around to even be a good citizen. Right. So, Jessica, in the piece that you wrote, uh, really, truly, life imitates art. Talk to us about Walker Percy, who was a writer of great renown, and um, he, he wrote a story that has similar threads of what happened at the RNC. Yes, you know, what's interesting is um, Percy wrote this book because he was so angry over the assassination of John F. Kennedy. So he's writing it actually watching his country being divided in the 60s and saying, look at us, we're getting violent, we're turning on one another, how is this happening? And so he wrote this novel called Love in the Ruins, and it opens with the main character calling the beloved U.S. of A. the Christ-haunted, death-dealing remnant of the Western world. Mm-hmm. And he shows how what happens to the church, the church becomes divided. Um, you have this parody in which the priest actually uplifts the elevation of the host, right, the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper, and you hear the Star-Fingled Banner playing, you know, during this moment. Um, It's really this conflation between the American identity and the Christian identity and how it becomes this fluid thing instead of one founded on the other. Right. I think that it's an important distinction for all Christians to hear um, and process and see how that, you know, fits in with their own actions and their own speech. Um, I also think it's important, Jessica, to say that for most of, you know, modern world history, that's the way it's been, is that there have been Muslim Mm -hmm. nations and there have been Christian nations. um, And Mm -hmm. that's how that's how millions of people have looked at it. Right. Right, but the Puritans came over here to start this country to be something different, you know? They were actually blaming a country that demanded that they observe religion in a specific way. And so America does really stand out as saying, yes, religious liberty, but keeping religious liberty separate from your state identity. Yes. So at the end of your essay, uh, Jessica, which is really fabulous, uh, you write this. If we want to avert the American apocalypse, we need better readers and thinkers of the word. As Americans, we should prioritize reading well, learning what words mean, why context matters, and how to be comfortable with mystery. At some point, we need to recognize that humility is a more worthy virtue than the vice of pride, and that freedom does not not have to win to be worth fighting for. Instead of fixing our eyes on these things which will pass away, we should look farther out and higher up. We should pledge allegiance first to the, the God under which this nation stands. God first in all things, Jessica, yeah? 
Yeah, absolutely. If we're going to say a pledge of allegiance, we need to first say a pledge of allegiance to the to the God of creation. Yeah. Um, that term Christ haunted is a term that I have always really appreciated um, and how it's applied to the United States. To be honest with you, I, first of all, I've never read this book. Um, I've only read the Walker uh, Percy book. Yeah. The only book of his, I think I've read is the movie goer, but so I didn't realize that that term was his, but I think it is so elegant and accurate in how it describes the whole uh, history of the United States. We so much want to follow Jesus. In so many areas, we haven't followed Jesus, but we can't forget about Jesus either. Right. Well, and the per- the Percy novel is so funny. It really is just a play on, you'll feel like it was written right now. I mean, it sounds yeah. as though Percy is living through the exact same culture that we're living through. And, and the term really isn't his. He's actually borrowing it from Flannery O'Connor. Um, okay, it was it hers originally. Yeah, so he steals it, but he says Christ haunted, and then he says Christ forgetting. So he says, you know, we've even gone past Christ haunted. Now we're Christ forgetting. Like that has, now mm. that doesn't even have resonance for us. And, um, and it's one of the things that I tried to hit upon in that conclusion to this article was really saying, like, we've forgotten what words mean. We've forgotten why, um, why patriotism matters. What does a word mean? What does Christianity mean? What is, you know, what do these words mean to us? And we can't just use them interchangeably. Jesus can't be substituted for old glory as though the words are equatable, right? We can't do that. Hmm. Well, it's, these are strange days indeed, Jessica. And, uh, we appreciate the, you know, your power of writing and to remind us that it is always Christ first. And, uh, we are here to, to be through this season together. So, uh, thanks for that. That's a good reminder. Yeah, it's worth remembering. We can't be the Christ-forgetting nation. We need to be the Christ-remembering one. Yeah, that's good. That's Jessica Hooten-Wilson. Uh, Jessica joins us from John Brown University, where she's Associate Professor of Humanities. All right, we're going to step away. When we come back, here's something that you need to know for today. How you should sneeze during the pandemic. Because I'm guessing you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Tonight, the U.N. is warning that the pandemic is putting the world at risk of widespread famines of biblical proportions. Even as we here in the U.S. continue to struggle with the coronavirus, in poor countries like Haiti and Guatemala, COVID-19 is also creating a food crisis, which is leading to starvation. Angela Loma is with Food for the Poor. Almost every single one of our partners said that food is the greatest need right now. But the church is rising to meet this need. The thought of any child going without food just breaks my heart. You know, God has blessed us all beyond what we can imagine. we got to do what we can to help especially kids that don't have anything to eat. Join 101.5, Word FM, and Food for the Poor in rescuing children. Just $37 provides six months of life-saving food for one child. How many children can you save? From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword hope. Dial pound 250 from your cell and say hope. Or click the red emergency food banner at wordfm.com. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from The Spring House. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. 
From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from the Springhouse. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. This radio station has been telling you about the importance of November's election for months. The outcome could vastly change our country's future. If you believe in all of your First Amendment freedoms and you want your family to pursue the American dream, your values are on the line. Make sure that you're registered and make your plans ahead to vote, whether at your polling place or by absentee. This election is critical. We're at a crossroads. Make sure you vote. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. It's kind of funny to watch, um, you know, old movies and see people. Hey, would you like, you know, can I can I borrow your handkerchief? I mean, people are using handkerchiefs like, you know, no big deal. You know, here's a, here's a dirty rag. Just go sneeze into it and give it back to me. That's fine. So we, we've evolved from that, which is a good thing. Now, for years now, I think, you know, the more... Um, the more sensitive of us are trying to sneeze into our elbow. We've been taught that, you know, forward elbows sneeze down into it and it will reduce, you know, some of the explosive flow. Well, that, well that's the right thing to do. It's how we're yeah. supposed to do it, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. But, you know, we, we, were, we were taught that. That wasn't something that, you know, oh, right, I knew right. 25 years ago. Yeah. Okay. So now in the era of COVID, there is proper sneezing etiquette part two or three. Because the last thing you want to do, of course, now they're saying is to sneeze down into your elbow, because even though that does reduce some of the spray, the spray is still with us. So now the CDC is to say, they're saying this, quote, the reason we're asking people to wear masks is that we want to reduce the amount of particles that can travel really far away from you. While the cloth homemade masks don't prevent every single little particle from spreading out in the air, they really interrupt the trajectory of a lot of those different particles. Okay. Okay. All right. That's good mask etiquette. But what if you have to sneeze and you're wearing a mask? Do you take it off and sneeze into your elbow? No, you don't. What they're suggesting now is, is that you. Oh, no. No. What? No. Is that you sneeze into your mask. So I'm sneezing in my mask. Yes. Am I I taking my face with my mask and putting it in my elbow? No, you're just sneezing into your mask. And the elbow has no longer any place. The elbow is no longer. So you sneeze. Now, here's the deal. Again, this is an article I'm reading in today's Washington Post. Sneezing into a mask will make it wet. Oh, great. Which makes it less effective. So And, dis- it's and disgusting. Does it, does it say disgusting? No, it, it doesn't. So they recommend carrying a backup mask when you are in public and you have to sneeze into your mask. That way you can put your soiled mask into your bag and replace it with a clean new one. So now we're all carrying around two masks. And a bag. 
for the old mask. Yeah. That's damp and gross. Right. That's yes. Also suggested sneezing into a tissue after you sneeze into the mask. So now you're getting backup masks, tissues, and bags. See, I'm just not going to leave home until I just, I can't. There's a lot to be said for that. Listen, I was out this morning. I had to get a, um, I had to get a test done, a medical test done, and I didn't have, my phone died. I, I waited so long for the test. Wait, you're one of those 19 kids. Yeah, it wasn't that kind of test. <laughs> anyway, no, it was just a CT scan. and But I had to wait so long for it that my phone battery died in the interim. Mm. And so when I left the, the imaging place where I was, I decided that I need, because I was concerned because I hadn't talked to John and I, I was like, I, I need to get in touch with him. So I stopped at the Verizon store to just get a cable so that I could plug it into my car. Yeah. And I went in and there's so few people, there's one person working. Okay. One person working and they've the person ahead of me in line. I mean, I just want to buy the cable. That's yeah. all I want to do. I want to buy the cable. The person in front of me is like redoing her Apple ID. Uh, She's changing her husband's password. Oh She's got kids. She wants to include in the family plan. Finally, I was like, I am out of here. But there the reason go. I'm bringing it up is both of those places when I went into the imaging place yeah. and when I went to the Verizon store, I forgot my mask. Do you do well, this? Do you no, go walk no, into no, a place? No. I do it all the time. And really? then I have to leave the place and go back to my car. Oh. So I'm I'm now walking twice as far as I have to because I keep forgetting the one mask. I oh. guarantee you I'm not going to remember a backup. No. So what I'll do is I'll get out of my car and take a few steps and go, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, don't forget the mask, right? Oh, so you're, you're so much more mentally acute than me. Well, no, because then so I'll you, see people wearing their masks and go, oh, yeah. Why are they wearing a mask? Oh, I see. I wear my mask, idiot. right? Okay. So I need to come up. You know what I should do? I should order a purse on Instagram. You know, I've done that in the past and it hasn't worked out well. I'll right. order a purse on Instagram big enough for two masks and a backup bag. Mm. It's just an awful lot. Uh, I would hope that this time next year, it's all over. Yeah. This time next year, everything's said and done. I mean, is that too much? I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a deal with it, but I, I'm just so, aren't you everyone? It's yes. just really just so, so sick. So of over it. Listen, I just had a conversation with someone who's a parent um, whose kids go to the uh, public schools in Pittsburgh. You want to yeah. talk about someone who's over it. Really? Well, today's today is a uh, first day of school for Pittsburgh public, yep. is it not? But yep. they don't have enough backpacks to go around. Nope. Right. I heard the um, the uh, superintendent of the Pittsburgh public schools saying the reason that they don't have enough backpacks is or backpacks you, uh, no, laptops. You mean laptops. That, that the that they whenever they realized this was happening, of course, it was sometime you know in May that they started to make these purchases. But then they had to get in line with every other school district in America to make those purchases, and then they got an email sometime in early June saying, "Oh, sorry, uh, the computers that you ordered." have some sort of virus in them. They're going to go back to China. So you'll have to get back in the, in the back of the line again. Well, if that's what happened and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, then yeah. that is, a, that is a lot of, uh, that's a lot Ill of fortune along around. the way. It surely is. Yeah. I mean, you know, who can anticipate the craziness that we're in, but, uh, uh, even that to say, I mean, every kids, most kids, right? Or most kids are at home learning from their laptops right, right now. Right. And in colleges are going to, sh- they're already and shutting they're, down. And I got to be honest that I've got the, the school district I live in has not had those issues. So three cheers for them. Three cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Plus our kids are at school, Grove City College. 
And they're in class. Holy smokes. Face to face. Yeah. How long is that going to last? I bet they're not forgetting their masks. No. I wonder if they're taking the backup mask in the bag. No. Kids aren't doing that. Are you kidding me? For the wet sneeze mask. Oh, my God. It's all disgusting. Everything sure is. Okay. We'll take a break for the 5 o'clock hour. Won't you stick around with us? Uh, We are uh, underway here. What are we talking about during the 5 o'clock hour? Protesters try new tactics. Go to the mayor's house. Oh, my goodness. In Pittsburgh, but it's not the only city it's happening in. The the Portland mayor just decided it's so annoying to him he's moving. Yeah. And nobody's worried about sneezing under their elbow there, are they? No, not at all. Masks are optional there. Okay. Sneezing and protest. That's next on the ride home. WORDFM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app iHeart, TuneIn and at Radio.com With SRN News, I'm John Scott President Trump has announced an expansion of a ban on offshore drilling in Florida speaking beside the Jupiter Inlet Lighthouse Mr. Trump says he's extending and expanding a ban on new offshore drilling sites off the Florida coast as well as Georgia and South Carolina. The existing moratorium covers the Gulf of Mexico, and the president says the new one will also cover the Atlantic coast, a significant political concern in coastal states like Florida. Israel and the United Arab Emirates will sign their historic deal normalizing relations at a White House ceremony on September 15th. Helicopters continue to rescue people from California wildfires. The state already setting a record with 2 million acres burned. Big tech stocks slumped again on Wall Street. The Dow was off 632 points today. The Nasdaq down 465. This is SRN News. At the Original Mattress Factory, we know better than anyone that the mattress industry is full of myths. Mattress companies spread misinformation to mislead customers about their products and prices. One of those myths is that you have to wait for a holiday weekend to get the best price on a mattress. These sales are made possible by artificial price inflation, so it's hard to know if you're actually getting a good deal. That's why OMF offers our lowest and best price to everyone, every day. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't just have a low-pressure sales approach, we have a no-pressure sales approach. At OMF, you'll never feel pressure to buy when you're not ready. You can feel free to shop around, test out our mattresses as many times as you need to, and quiz our team on anything about the mattress industry. We're here to help make your mattress buying experience better, not pressure you into a purchase you're not ready to make. Stop by an OMF store today to experience the no-pressure original mattress factory difference for yourself. My buddy's son was being married this summer, and as a soon-to-be newlywed, was filled with hopes and dreams and grand plans for the life that lay ahead. And so he'd often drive through his favorite neighborhood and cruise the houses that were for sale. Well, as it were, one Saturday morning, he walked into an open house and literally saw the house of his dreams. He was so floored that he called his fiance, and an hour later, the both of them were standing in the living room of the open house, not believing that this house in this neighborhood was up for sale and within their budget. Yes. One problem, though. They weren't pre-approved for a mortgage yet. And wouldn't you know it? The house was so sweet that it quickly attracted multiple offers, leaving the soon-to-be-married couple on the outside looking in. Don't have the rug pulled out of the house of your dreams. One phone call to United Faith Mortgage will quickly get you on track and pre-approved to be that serious buyer. 
Faith and family say it all. UnitedFaithMortgage.com. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Allstate now has deeper savings. And deeper savings require deep thoughts and a deep voice, like mine. Save for being a new customer. Save more for adding DriveWise. And save even more for driving safely. Visit Allstate.com or contact your local agent for a quote today. As someone once said, saving today is money tomorrow. That's deep. Not available in every state. New customer savings based on early signing discount. Drive-wise is an optional feature. Savings vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by federal law. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all of these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service and we are required to do so regardless of your position on these issues please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard patchy clouds expected for tonight expect a low tonight of 62 tomorrow will be mostly sunny very warm and humid tomorrow will reach a high of 88 mostly clear skies on tap for tomorrow night we'll see a low tomorrow night of 64 Thursday, periods of clouds and sunshine, the high Thursday, 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons talking about the uh, demonstrations uh, black lives matter demonstrations that were held over the weekend they've gotten uh, national attention uh, goodness gracious the president himself has been tweeting about that <laughs> but of course you know you know the president you know he just likes to tweet so that's you know one of the things that caught his attention however um after there was the um a kerfuffle in downtown pittsburgh uh, those Black Lives protesters went to Mayor Peduto's house. Now, they have visited Mayor Peduto's house several times and mm-hmm. stood outside in the streets and chanted and yelled. Uh, one time, the mayor came out and sat on his front steps and had uh, tried to have conversations. I don't know how successful that was. Of course, I wasn't there. Just reading in the Post-Gazette and the Tribune Review. Uh, the next time that the, the protesters showed up, he, they were met by a wall of six police officers which, of course, angered the protesters even more. But this tactic of protesters showing up outside of mayors of major cities across the United States has now caught fire. Uh, the president of Portland, or the president, the, um, the mayor of Portland, Oregon, lives in a condo, a large condo, some 30 stories high. The protesters went into the lobby of the condo building, set old newspapers on fire, And instead of the mayor addressing the situation, Ted Wheeler, the mayor of Portland, Oregon, instead of him addressing the protesters themselves, you know what he did? He put his condo up for sale and apologized to those who he is living next door to. Like, that's the problem. The problem is the location. Right. Like, I'm going to go someplace else. Now, there's an article in uh, this uh, past Saturday's Wall Street Journal Protesters try a new tactic this summer, go to the mayor's house. So they're looking at people in uh, San Jose, in Portland, in Chicago. 
and of course here in the city of Pittsburgh, the protesters are at the heart of the matter. And I guess, you know, it's probably legal to do as long as you are in control and not causing violence, but it sure does seem like a heck of a lot of Mm -hmm. a deep invasion of privacy. Yeah. I mean, it might be legal to do, but it's bad manners. And you could say, okay, well, manners don't matter um, at a time like this. I I think we need to decide that manners do matter when we're trying to figure a path forward from where we were. Right. Um, Our issues run so deep in this country. Uh, The racial divide is so profound in some areas uh, and for very good reason that there has to be a way forward, which includes space and conversation and not violence and threat. Um, The, the uh, mayor of San Jose uh, in front of his house, a group of about a hundred people spray painted an obscenity on his front door on August 28th. Then they threw eggs and burned an American flag as they demanded that he defund the police department. I mean, now the, the difficulty is of course that he's a Democrat, right? So he's supposedly on their side or they're well, supposedly on his side. Ted Wheeler has been on their side. So right, has same Bill with Peduto. the mayor of Portland, same with the, with uh, the mayor of Portland. So that complicates matters even more because you think, okay, so these are supposed to be your people or that's supposed to be your mayor. And if, if that's how you treat people who are on your side, or at least who are closely aligned with you, then what, like, there's no way forward with someone that you don't agree with. Exactly. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'll, uh, People, you know, with the, the same political ideologies eating themselves in a way. It doesn't make any sense, but that's the topsy-turvy, crazy world that we live in right now. Uh, but, boy, you can only imagine. I mean, you just sort of put yourself, you know, in anyone's position where, you know, you go and do your job. You, you think your day's over. You go home. You're sitting down to dinner or you're getting ready for bed or whatever it is you're doing. And all of a sudden, you know, people show up at your front door. And they're loud and they're angry and they are insistent that you come out and, you know, join them in this confrontation. It would scare the heck out of anybody. And I don't care, you know, whatever your politics are. That's the whole point of it. Well, it's wrong. It's supposed to scare the mayor. That's why they're doing it. And it's working. Mob rules. Uh, Here's a quote from the Wall Street Journal article that, John, uh, you mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, This is uh, Kiana Simmons, president and founder of Hero Tent, a social justice group based in the San Francisco Bay Area. She said this, quote, vandalism is a consequence of the collapse of the social contract. That contract is violated when those entrusted with serving and protecting the community continuously murder unarmed people of color with impunity, not when someone spray paints a house to protest those murders. Okay, so I I get a portion of what I get what she's saying. I mean, what she's saying is that you can't equate someone vandalizing the front door of a mayor with someone who's killed by police uh, and what they were doing didn't warrant uh, their killing. So, I mean, I get that. I, I, I just know from any life experience that you've ever had, any conflict you've ever had with a parent, a spouse, a child, a boss, a coworker, or whatever, the only way forward is conversation. And there is no conversation if there is no space for conversation. It's just never going to happen. So if, if, if we all want there to be a future that is free of the things that have bound us in the past, then we have to to advocate for any policy, any social decision, any 
option that somebody would take that would provide more space, more conversation, more hearing, more listening. Amen to that. Yeah. I feel who would not say, uh, you know, agree to that, of course, right? I well, mean, they, the irony would not is- agree to, they would not agree to that. So the people who are protesting, the people who we're going to talk about at 530, who, you know, millions of people watched um, devastate different areas of Pittsburgh over the weekend, they would not agree that the number one issue is space and conversation. Clearly, well, they got, that's they, not what they're valuing. They got people's attention. And I think probably that's the first step into that conversation. Okay, let me go back. So this is the interesting exclamation point from this whole thing about people showing up outside, outside of mayor's houses. In Oakland, California, the mayor of Oakland, uh, her house was targeted as well. Uh, Oakland, California Mayor Libby Schaff ran upstairs to check on her children when activists, they call them activists, they're rioters, shot fireworks and paintball guns and covered her property with graffiti after she approved a 5% reduction in police spending rather than the 50% protesters had demanded. Three decades ago, after graduating law school, Ms. Schaff served as a legal observer to protect street protesters from potential police abuse. Quote, it feels a little twilighty zone that many of us got into public service because we wanted to fight the man, she said. Now we are deemed the man. Well, like newsflash, you never thought that would happen? Yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, that's the absurdity. That's the absurdity of the left. That, you know, there's all this excitement when you can point at that guy because he's the problem or she's the issue, except that when you get into power or when you make $100,000 a year or when you make a million dollars a year, you're that person. Of course, right? You never thought that was going to happen? What you thought you, you know, in, in your elevated state, you know, your political position or your income or the house you live in or the neighborhood you live in, you thought that was going to insulate you from that? Come on. Yeah. You should have thought about that when you were protesting somebody else. That's the world we live in. Take a break. Come back. We're going to go to the phones around 530 or so to talk about this particular thing that's happened in and around the city of Pittsburgh over these last several days. Love to get your insight as well. Before that, let's go to Grove City College. We're going to talk uh, in just a few minutes with Dr. Carl Truman about woke repentance. Stick around for that conversation. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. W-O-R-D. The headlines are everywhere. Pandemics, terrorism, riots in the streets. With so much that is bad and evil in the world, how can you be sure a loving God is in charge? And how does he want you to respond to evil? John MacArthur answers those questions as he looks in-depth at the love of God. Join him for that on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight. And suddenly you're tens of thousands in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings, and you think Obamacare will help you sort it out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. This is Kathy Emmons, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO instantaneously, savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50, no funding for abortion, and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client recently in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction, the hospital billed him over $56,000. 
Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and put $7,000 in his pocket. There's no other plan like it anywhere, and you can get it now. Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. This is not time for a spiritual awakening. I need to be the man that God made me to be. From the creators of God's Not Dead, the new movie, One Nation Under God. We can do anything with faith. We can accomplish anything with faith. Winner of 35 Film Festival, starring Kevin Sorbo and Antonio Sabato Jr. One Nation Under God. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase and use promo code MOVIE for 20% off. Whenever there is, you know, a, a shift, we've seen seismic shifts in the last decade or so, of course, socially. And you often hear pundits say, well, you know, the church should be X, or the church needs to do this, or the church should repent, because clearly church teachings, they're not doing the right job. Is that really the thing? Does the church need to repent? Dr. Carl Truman is with us. He is the, from the Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College, where Dr. Truman teaches courses on the history of religious thought. He's worked extensively in the field of Reformation and post-Reformation studies, but more recently has become interested in matters relating to the understanding of human personhood and how this shapes modern thinking. Here today to talk to us about a piece from First Things. It's a magazine that we follow and love. And uh, it's called Work Woke Repentance. Carl, welcome back to the show. How are you today? I'm doing well. And yourself? Good. Very good. Thank you. Thanks for being with us. Always good to have you with us. It's delightful to be here. Thanks very much for having me on. Uh-huh. Okay, Carl, you feel like there's too much apologizing going on? Uh, to accept, well, maybe apologizing of the wrong sort. I think it's always appropriate for the church to to be in a repentant mode, because the church, after all, is made up of repentant sinners. Uh, but the question is, what kind of repentance are we engaging in? That, I think, is the critical question. Okay, so how do you gauge what kind of repentance? Um, I would guess from your article, the first thing you'd say is who it's directed toward? Yeah, I think the, the key passage in many ways in the Bible for understanding repentance, or getting a handle on what re- true repentance really is, is uh, Psalm 51. Uh, written by David, of course, after being confronted by Nathan the prophet relative to his uh, sexual liaison with Bathsheba and then his, his arrangement for the assassination of her husband. What's striking, of course, about that psalm is that the focus is, 
is very much vertical. Uh, he says, against you, you only have I sinned, addressing that to the Lord. Now, it's very clear from the narrative that there's a sense in which David has also sinned against Bathsheba, and he's also sinned very much against her husband. But in that moment of repentance, it's the holiness of God, and it's the, the vertical disruption that he's caused by his sin that grips his imagination, that, that overwhelms him. And I think that is the touchstone of, of authentic repentance, that there's always a primary and strong vertical dimension to it. Yes. And so in today's climate, Carl, many times when the church is called to repentance, it's not as though we're, we're apologizing to God. We're apologizing to social constructs or different organizations for you know, not apparently being um, attuned enough to what's happening socially. Yeah, I think that's, that's true. Again, has the church committed horizontal sins? Undoubtedly, churches have done that. We think, for example, of the uh, Catholic child abuse scandal. Uh, and, of course, similar things have been done by Protestant and evangelical churches. So there's, there's definitely a, a horizontal dimension to sin. One of the dangers we have to be careful about, though, is, is when the church is constantly being called by the world to repent for this, that, or the other, is it tends to be the world's priorities, the world's concerns, the world's agenda that's being reflected in those calls. It's not so much a concern about uh, the framework of, of moral priorities laid out by the Word of God so much as it is the trendy sin of the moment that we're all being called to account for. Hmm. Do you feel in that respect, Carl, that the church is not, I don't know, setting the standard but just following someone else's? I think so. I mean, there's a, clearly there's a case to being called to account for, for horizontal sin. You know, if you've stolen something from your neighbor and your neighbor confronts you about it, then it's appropriate that you apologize and repent uh, for that sin. What we're seeing at the moment, I think particularly with the, the tension in the, in the wider culture relative to, to racial issues, is uh, almost a monopoly being focused on this, this one sin. And racism is a sin. I don't think there's any question about that. Racism is a sin, but it's not the only sin. Uh, in the article to which you referred at the start, I talk about sex trafficking. Sex trafficking is a, a pervasive sin in modern society. Uh, if, if the articles you read online are correct, then it affects every zip code in the United States. Everybody who uses pornography, uh, and according to the statistics, that's an awful lot of people, are uh, helping to fuel and fund what is effectively the modern slave industry. And yet, that doesn't grip the headlines. That doesn't seem to grip the pulpits at the moment in quite the same way as, as, as race does. And I, I want to be careful here and say, I'm not proposing this as a zero-sum game. You know, it's not that emphasizing one sin need, means you don't necessarily address others. I think we just need to be careful to make sure that in calling out sin uh, from the pulpit, in calling out sin as a church, we need to make sure that it's the Word of God shaping what we do uh, and not the, the particular pathologies or concerns of, of yesterday's news headlines. Mm. Yeah. From Grove City College, we're speaking with Dr. Carl Truman. At the same time, though, Carl, in these vapid times that we live in, right, where people are more invested in, you know, their Fox News or CNN or what have you, 
there is a crying out for biblical truth and biblical direction. So we should speak of that, especially in social constructs where, you know, uh, racial matters are upsetting the social fabric. We do need to hear biblical mm-hmm. truth cried out and, and mm-hmm. taught to those who would twist and turn it to their own and, and their own means. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And I think there you face the problem of, of modern media in a way, in that you know, the typical minister, pastor, preacher, priest, he has his people for an hour or two on a Sunday. Uh, the congregation are reading, watching, listening to all of this other stuff every other moment of the week in some ways. They're absolutely saturated by it. So it does make the, the pastoral task very, very difficult, I think, because you know, what is an hour or an hour and a half against so many hours in the week, against so much powerful media presence in our lives. And, you know, that's a different issue in some ways to the one we're talking about, but I think that represents us with the practical challenge of, okay, how do we go about getting this balance when the world we live in is so imbalanced in the way it presents us with information? Yeah, so the idea you're getting at is not that racism isn't a big deal. It's the fact that there are a lot of other big deals, too. Um, and you know, I think that that's I think that's well stated. I think that's an important thing to hear. I, you know, one of the things I've struggled with that John and I have talked a lot about on the show over the last I don't know twelve to eighteen months is just that the the vitriolic uh, state of our discourse in America is so extreme, um, and the media presence that you brought up is so uh, omnipresent that our energies um, and our spiritual focus are zapped by things that are so far beyond any of our personal control. So so much so that when things that are within my personal control, like my next door neighbor, Gene, who needs something, I'm too worn out to go help Gene because I've spent so much time on Twitter, you know, emoting over something that's happening in in a different city. And I think that's a major problem too. Yeah, again, I would agree. There's a sense in which you know, individual Christians have to take responsibility for their own time and actions. And you know, there's a sense in which you can rant all day long on Twitter and influence nobody. In fact, right. you might diminish your influence because you say things you shouldn't and damage your reputation. On the other hand, there's the person next door that you can, you can help. You can give a lending hand to. You can make an influence uh, uh, somebody there. Which makes me wonder sometimes if, if the time we spend in our, in our public rantings is actually as much about making ourselves feel righteous mm-hmm. uh, and important uh, as it is about repentance. You know, it's easy to repent on Twitter for something that you're only distantly connected to. It's very yes. different to be a, a good, faithful neighbor and, and to make a difference in your local community. I'm into that. And, you know, and of course, we don't hear about those good, faithful neighbors because no. those saints who are among us they're not connected to Twitter or Facebook or what have you, right? They're about loving each other and, you know, taking care of the, the lost and the poor and the desperate, whether it's in their congregation or their neighborhood. And everybody else, you know, is a hero and a champion of social justice out there, you know, trying to prove their, their worth. Meanwhile, calamity surrounds us all. Yeah, and I think Jesus has something to say about those who do their deeds of righteousness in front of others. They get their praise here and now. Those who do their deeds of righteousness secretly on the great day will will receive the praise of their Heavenly Father. They get their reward in heaven, we might say. Yes. So then, Carl, then then what is the encouragement? 
what we should we should not to say that we should all lose social media, but at the same time, there has to be some sort of balance and more of loving those before us that we see eye to eye, face to face, as opposed to that mythical person out there somewhere in the Ethernet. Yeah, I mean, as I said a few moments ago, I think self-criticism, self-discipline and reorienting ourselves to to the local, to our local congregation, to our local neighborhood, that I think is where the, the solution lies. Uh, ultimately, uh, you know, the Christian faith is demonstrated in interpersonal relationships. It's not demonstrated in writing or blogging or tweeting or whatever. It's the people next to you in the pew on a Sunday. It's the person who lives next door to you in your neighborhood. That's where your faith can be truly demonstrated. Dr. Carl Truman from Grove City College. Carl, I'm taking a trip to Grove City Thursday morning. I'm speaking at Chapel. I don't know if you knew this, but both John and I have children who are students at Grove City. Give us the update. What is, uh, what's campus life like in the middle of a pandemic? <laughs> Nervous, I would say. We have two confirmed oh. cases on campus, uh, and we're all waiting to see uh, what happens next. But I'm relatively hopeful we'll make it to Thanksgiving. Uh, the, the administration are being very proactive in, in how they're addressing it. And, and I hope to hear you on Thursday as well. I, I'm going to try to get to chapel on Thursday to hear you. No pressure. Yes, terrific. That's Dr. Carl Truman from Grove City College. Uh, The article that we were speaking of that Carl wrote is uh, from the magazine First Things. It's called Woke Repentance. Um, Carl, thank you so much. All right, so we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and set up the phones. We're going to have some open phone conversation with all of you about the Black Lives Matter protests over the weekend in the city of Pittsburgh. Did you watch the video? If you watched it, what did you think? How did you react? And what's the best way forward? Thanks for being here. It's the Tuesday edition, post-Labor Day, of The Ride Home. Tonight, the U.N. is warning that the pandemic is putting the world at risk of widespread famines of biblical proportions. Even as we here in the U.S. continue to struggle with the coronavirus, in poor countries like Haiti and Guatemala, COVID-19 is also creating a food crisis, which is leading to starvation. On Loma is with Food for the Poor. Almost every single one of our partners said that food is the greatest need right now. But the church is rising to meet this need. The thought of any child going without food just breaks my heart. You know, God has blessed us all beyond what we can imagine. we got to do what we can to help especially kids that don't have anything to eat. Join 101.5, Word FM, and Food for the Poor in rescuing children. Just $37 provides six months of life-saving food for one child. How many children can you save? From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword hope. Dial pound 250 from your cell and say hope. Or click the red emergency food banner at wordfm.com. Katie Farrell. I'm an author, a registered nurse, and a mom and wife to some of the pickiest eaters on the planet. People say that eating healthy is bland and boring, but I'm here to show you a better way with wholesome, simple recipes. Watch Dashing Dish on WPCB Cornerstone Television Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eat better, feel great with Dashing Dish. Find us on Pittsburgh Channel 40 or Channel 5 on Comcast and Verizon. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. 
Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family-owned and operated since 1939. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Patchy clouds expected for tonight. Expect a low tonight of 62. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny. Very warm and humid. Tomorrow will reach a high of 88. Mostly clear skies on tap for tomorrow night. We'll see a low tomorrow night of 64. Thursday, periods of clouds and sunshine. The high Thursday, 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Well, it's been everywhere. My guess is uh, you've probably seen the video of uh, what happened in downtown Pittsburgh with uh, the protests as uh, there were hundreds and hundreds of people apparently streaming down Penn Avenue. They took a, little, a few people took a little side stop and harassed some people who were sitting outside dining, um, messed with them, drank their beverage. Someone got hit in the head with a skateboard. It was just a complete mess. There were you know, a lot of fingers flying in the air. And uh, no one comes out looking good. And, of course, the president famously has tweeted about this. So now all eyes are on, on Pittsburgh. And, you know, you knew it was Wait, coming. Don't, don't forget the McDonald's video. Oh, right. Yeah. So then a short while later, right, those same group of coconuts. And I think, to be fair, that's at least that's what I can take. If anything <laughs> good comes from this, when, you know, you do see all those people who are there, there is a small group who were the agitators, whether at, um, what's the uh, meatball place called, Kath? Sienna Mercado. Sienna Mercado. And you've been there many times. We've oh, been A ton there. of times. We've been Love there together, it. right? Yeah. I've eaten Excellent out on food. Penn Avenue. It's a really great spot. Yeah. And of course, uh, I've been to McDonald's over there on Stanwick Street. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you've probably been there a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. I have been there a few times in my life. So, I mean, you see it and you have to shake your head. Because when you protest like that in such a manner, it leaves you void as an outsider for any sort of support or sympathy you would have for the moment. Because, of course, you don't want there to be uh, you don't want there to be racial injustice. Right. Right. You wish there wasn't racism in this world. And, you know, when you hear people speak and you think we've had, you know, Whenever this first happened, when George Floyd exploded and all the protests happened, you and I, Kath, made a a pact that we would invite a wide cross-section of diversity, of faith leaders, not only here in the city of Pittsburgh, but across the country. And to be honest, for a lot of our listeners, that made people deeply unhappy. They thought it was too much. Right. We had emails to prove it. 
but we made a point of wanting to listen to people's grievances because that's the only way you can start to move beyond this is that you have to hear why people are so aggrieved. If you can't hear that, then what's the point? Now, of course, protests have been raging. Look at Portland. Portland's passed 100 days of violent protest in the streets. Of course, what's going on in Chicago and Oakland, California, in San Jose, California, you name it. Most cities have somehow been caught up in this. And it's a heartbreak because when it happens in your own hometown, especially a city that you love, like the city of Pittsburgh, you think, oh, no, here we go. What's going to happen? People are going to, you know, start to burn things. There's going to be massive looting and riots, and we don't want that to happen. So when you see the very beginning of this tension and, I would say, the lack of leadership speaking out, you think, well, what the heck are we doing here in the city of Pittsburgh? Isn't someone in control? Isn't someone going to be the adult? Aren't we paying our taxes so the police do do the right thing, so the mayor does speak up, so that there is leadership? We'd like to know your thoughts about this. What are you thinking right now? I say in some ways we dodged something horrific because, you know, violence could have happened quickly. Guns could have been drawn. Lives could have been lost. But where are you in the midst of all this? Why don't you give us a call at 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. What is your perspective on what happened over the weekend with Black Lives Matter? Now, again, I would say I'm grateful because only a small percentage of people were the coconuts, as it always is. Mm -hmm. But it always takes just a few bad apples to ruin the whole barrel. We'd like to hear your thoughts from a Christ perspective. You know, certainly when you hear this conversation on mainstream talk radio, it turns ugly really fast. But we have confidence that as a follower of Jesus, that you and I, we look at the world certainly in a different perspective. And we'd love to hear that perspective. Whatever you want to chime in with, 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. Kath, you want to chime in here? Well, I, I just keep coming back to the fact that if you want a way forward, if you actually want change, if you don't want to live in the protest then you have to make space for conversation. And this is, this is my question. For the people I saw who were instigating on video, the people who were instigating over on Penn Avenue in the Cultural District in front of Siena Mercado, the people looked like a lot of the same people who invaded the, uh, the, the downtown McDonald's. Those people look like they just like the protest, that yep. they don't care about the cause and they're not interested in a way forward. Well, if you're not interested in a way forward, then I'm not interested in what you're doing. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. So let's take a break. But uh, join us on the phones at 800-320-8255. We'd love to hear your perspective as we grapple with what's happening here in the city of Pittsburgh. We'll take a break. Be right back. Stick around. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on 101.5 Word FM. WORD. In a dark season of isolation and cultural confusion, how do we brighten our spirits? 
Chuck Swindoll cites the biblical answer. No matter how bad or how sad our situation may get, you can count on this. The Lord you worship and serve remains the same forever. Hear a brand new and time-sensitive study from Chuck Swindoll. Weekdays on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. This is not time for spiritual awakening. I need to be the man that God made me to be. One Nation Under God. The inspiring new movie so relevant to our times that it's a topic being discussed in this week's news. Who do you think you are? Just expressing my freedom of speech. Not around here, buddy. Starring Kevin Sorbo, Antonio Sabato Jr., and football great Herschel Walker. We can do anything with faith. We can accomplish anything with faith. One Nation Under God. Winner of 35 film festivals. God is still here. And God will always be here. From the producers of God's Not Dead, One Nation Under God. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase and use promo code MOVIE for 20% off. SalemNow.com, promo code MOVIE. We can do anything with faith. We can accomplish anything with faith. SalemNow.com, promo code MOVIE. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody to Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh in the heart of the city with the city in its heart. This is Albert Bowler with another word about the upcoming election. There is so much at stake. We might not be able to vote as conveniently as we voted before, but that just puts on Christian citizens the responsibility to work even harder to make sure that we vote and that our vote counts. Too much is at stake to sit this election out. So, whatever it takes, go vote. I consider not only my team members, but my patients, my family, and I miss them for quite a few months. Stock Family Dentistry would like to say, welcome back. One of the biggest blessings I have received is to be able to use my talents and my passion to serve my community through our dental office. And I'm proud to say that we're doing it in a very safe way. We're finally back up to full speed. It's nice to be back with family. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. interested in hearing from you because all of us and uh, 980,000 of our closest friends have watched a video, two videos actually, that were posted over the weekend, protests in the, um, in the Black Lives Matter movement that happened in Pittsburgh, one on Penn Avenue in the Cultural District in front of Siena Mercado and the other one at the downtown McDonald's. And there was a lot of stuff going on. Somebody got hit in the head with a skateboard. Um, diners felt threatened. There was a lot of rough language and fingers flying and you name it. And so if you saw those videos, we're interested in hearing from you. The phone number is 800-320-8255. And here's our question. What's your perspective on the Black Lives Matter protests over the weekend in the city of Pittsburgh? Um, Has it changed how you feel about race relations? Is it scarier or more uh, important to you now that it's closer to home? We'd love to hear from you at 800-320-8255. We've got James on the line. Let's go to James first. James, how are you? I'm well. And yourself? 
Good. Tell us your perspective on the protests over the weekend. I'd like to. Well, I'm very disappointed. Uh, I only saw the the video uh, outside with uh, not the McDonald's video, but okay. it's uh, it's disappointing. And I wanted to give you a police perspective uh, okay. on on the um, the whole movement. Uh, I just want to say that whenever the the conduct comes into question. It's a lack of morality, uh, not always about race. And I think that's one of the things that automatically comes into the, the conversation is race. And uh, I don't think that's an automatic. And the second thing is that the violence that has gone on, it's not necessarily the fault of the police. Uh, in other words, the violence is going on regardless. And I'm not sure how we as a culture combat that. But I, I don't think that... Uh, Costing people shopping or, or eating is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Mentoring a child, volunteering, helping in other ways is is a better way to bring bring out change, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll take that. Thanks a lot, James. Appreciate the phone call. 800-320-8255. Uh, give us a call. We'd love to hear your comments about what happened over the weekend. Mike? Uh, I'm sorry? Hey. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's take a next phone call. Hello, Hello uh, uh, sir or uh, madam. You're on the air. What are your thoughts, please? Uh, this is Michael. Am I on the air? Yes, sir. Oh, Michael, you God bless you guys. God, God bless you guys for how you do and what you do. Um, it's just so much. There's always two sides to the story, and I yep. appreciate that, police officers. It's just so much unknown. When you hear about something, now it's all about the protest. It was about uh, Kaepernick taking one knee. But why is all this going? If you do a peaceful, you're disrespecting the flag. If you're out on the streets, you got a thousand people, yeah. you're going to get some bad and the good. But God has a way of working things out, and love will conquer all. And I said, don't give up yet because the president may hit his knees and thank Jesus. Never give up. You guys have a blessed day. Very nice. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're not giving up, right? I mean, holy smokes. That's a a good point. I think that we have to maybe own up to the Colin Kaepernick Kaepernick thing a little bit. And I know I'm going to make some people mad, but I'm just going to I'm going to step right into this because we were so hard on peaceful protests um, when they were happening on the NFL on the sideline in front of us during the national anthem, I get the fact that it's painful to hear that during the national anthem. I don't necessarily see the connection, but it's not me. I'm not the one who's protesting. Um, from the very start, I felt like we have to allow people their constitutional right to protest. You might not like it and you're allowed not to like it. You don't have to like it. I don't like it, but I still defend his right to do it. Um, if you're not allowing for peaceful protest, then when violent protest happens, then you can't, you can't get all up in arms. You have, like, you have, we have, we have a society that not only allows protest, it encourages it. That's how our whole country started. We were just a big giant protest. Okay. So this is in our DNA. This is who we are. So we have to be able to hear that from people. Again, that might not convince you. It might be an opinion you don't like, but you got to hear it. Yeah. So uh, what I wonder, uh, give us a call, 800-320-8255. As you know, um, 
back in the 60s, you know, um, Malcolm X or Martin Luther King. I mean, you know, whether you agreed with them or not, they were the figureheads mm-hmm. of the civil rights movement for black America, you know, for all of America to, to follow and, you know, to, to make the connection. Now this sort of quasi organization, which people say, well, it's not really an organization. Well, that's, that's not true. It is an organization because, you know, they're cashing checks. Money is coming to BLM. So who is BLM and why don't, you know, why isn't there leadership that speaks up and says, this is our thought, this is our vision. Or this isn't, isn't. or this isn't our thought or our vision. Right. But someone should be the front man. I mean, every organization, whether it's, you know, Netflix or whatever, there's always that person who is the spokesperson. But right now we're left to coconuts, you know, going into a McDonald's and harassing some poor guy, you know, was making minimum wage and, you know, trying to flip burgers and fries. And so that that just looks like idiocy. So what are we dealing with? Who, you know, what is the central message? Where does the conversation even begin? Because there is all this muddledness with even, you know, the conversation trying to get off the boards. 800-320-8255. What are your thoughts? We're trying to do this and try to be Christ-like in the conversation. Mike, Lois. Lois, you're with us on the air with my Kath and myself. What are your thoughts, please? I feel that... This is being funded by somebody that it, people just are coming from everywhere. Yeah. They, they've identified today, I saw on the news, that um, they are um, they're crossing state lines. So I think the government should look into who is doing that. Okay. Thanks, Lois. All the money, sure. Yeah. Um, Thanks for calling. You know, because in Portland, of course, you know, uh, people are being arrested and then they're being, you know, their bail's paid suddenly, $30,000 in bail. Somebody is, you know, sprung free. That, that is a point. Who yeah, is okay. But that? that can be said on both sides, though, John. I mean, who was, was there an organization that was funding all the people who were, you know, taking their trucks and going to Kenosha, Wisconsin to defend President Trump? And had, I don't like, know. So, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's any funding involved. All I know is that there are average people who are motivated by social media. I think social media is much more a driver than whoever's paying cash. 800-320-8255. Let's go back to the phones. Mike, uh, who's with us next, please? Gail? All right. Hey, Gail. Thanks for being with Gail, us. What yes. are your thoughts, please? Say that again. Ask me again. Yes, hi. hi. What are your thoughts? Oh, my thoughts are that the um, person that did what they did to the uh, couple should be arrested. And I had heard that the mayor has said, um, don't arrest any of the protesters. And I think that the, he needs to rechange that. Mm-hmm. And um, that the, when the protesters are doing bad things like that to other people, they need to be arrested because there needs to be a consequence. And if there's no consequence, what good is it? Yeah, I agree. And I I would be really, really surprised, although we live in a topsy-turvy world right now where, you know, there are massive riots and people are being arrested and then quickly released. Who knows? I mean, you know, clearly those people that are, you know, were down uh, downtown uh, and were part of the problem, they were quickly identified. Heck, they spoke out on social media. Mm -hmm. They gave their reasons why they were acting the way they were acting. 
whether they were true or not, that's a whole other story. But th- those people, it's, they're very clearly identified. So I would expect something to happen in the next, I would expect them to happen within the hours. Mike, we, were we good? All right. I don't know, Kath. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 what I saw in these videos, that's not protest. That's just that's just people. It's, be, it's just people being idiots. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing about that that's inspiring. There's nothing about that that is unifying. No. There's nothing about that that's pointing towards a future that has you know that honors people of of different skin tone. There's nothing like that. I mean, that's just that. And this goes without saying. Whoever these people are who are protesting are doing the president's work for him because. This is going to inflame Trump voters to the point where they're going to be hot and ready to go when it comes time for the election. Now, that is, I would assume, exactly what they don't want. Again, this is just this. It, there's no strategy here. There's no thought process of where we're going. This is just wanton violence. And you're right, John. We are very fortunate that that didn't get a lot worse than what it was. Let's talk about the guy who either owns or managed manages the uh, downtown McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah. How about that poor guy? I feel bad for the guy. I mean, all of a sudden, here's the weird thing. In both of those videos, the organization is um, connected well enough or organized well enough that they have video rolling. So they've Mm -hmm. already got people who are, you know, assigned videographers. And if you watch that first video at the meatball place, at the very beginning, there's a young woman there who is on the right-hand side of the frame. She's like setting things up and she signals to someone to move forward. And then before you know it, things take place. So it's kind of like there's a puppet master there, right? Mm. I mean, and that poor guy, the, the poor manager at the McDonald's, he's just going to work doing his thing. Can you imagine being back there, you no. know, at the fryer making French fries or fish sandwiches, wearing a mask, and then sees coconuts come in with these bull horns and they're doing what? What is the point? Right. And let me, in case you haven't seen the video, let me tell you that the manager is a person of color. So, he, you know, so he has to get into an altercation. He has to jump across the counter. It turns into a shouting match. There's don't pushing. Touch me, don't everything. touch me. Don't, don't touch, touch me. You me. Don't touch me. I mean, it is all this guy is trying to do is Make run a, a business that benefits the people who work for him and the community he serves. And what this is, this is the, the point. This is the apex of the protesters movement is they're going to go after the guy at McDonald's. Yeah. Again, like, I mean, on. It, look, uh, just I'm not going to be an apologist ridiculous. for the protesters here, but you got to know there were a lot of people who were downtown and there was the same group of coconuts who showed up in both places. And I believe they were just being idiots for the sake of being idiots. Right. Okay. So it's not, all right. So it's not the, the people that I'm talking about are not indicative of the majority of the protesters. In Pittsburgh. I, I believe that's not true. Although when you look at what's going on in Portland and what happened in Chicago, you think, oh my gosh, I mean, there's mass chaos there. Right. And our fear, my fear is that Pittsburgh would elevate to that. That makes me, that what makes me worry about the leadership or the lack of leadership right. here in the city, not speaking out and connecting and engaging with these protests because yeah. the mayor is vapid in his stance. I mean, vapid. Okay, should be ashamed. So, so what could make a difference? I feel like having a person who is involved in the protest movement, but who looks at these videos and says, this is not who we are. That is the person. That's the kind of person who needs to be a leader and make a way forward at this point. 
Well, it, so I guess it begs the question then, is there someone in the organization higher up who is well-spoken enough and can speak with yeah. clarity to specific points, right? Yeah. To make things because, work. Because and I that, think it, I, my kind of fear that, oh, maybe, maybe that's not really not the case, that there's nobody there, that they're all just sort of blabbing for the sake well, of listen, blabbing. Well, listen, we know enough people, you and I personally know enough people in the city of Pittsburgh who are involved in protesting, who have a, a, a ton of ability when it comes to oration, who are big thinkers, um, who are people who believe in Jesus, who believe that there is a way forward where we honor people of every skin color here in Pittsburgh. Those are the people maybe who would step into a leadership role. I'll tell you who I miss, Freedom Blackwell. <laughs> Let's take a break. Stick around. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. Fifth Season Financial is a licensed lender, not available in all states. Visit fifthseasonfinancial.com for details. Are you or a loved one suffering financial hardship as a result of an advanced stage illness like cancer, Alzheimer's, or ALS? Are the financial side effects of your medical fight reducing your quality of life and causing stress and worry? Did you know that you could be eligible for a special loan to access funds locked up in your life insurance policy? Text the word LIVE to 411411 now. Fifth Season may be able to help you address your financial needs through our Funds for Living program. This simple-to-use program helps you access value that is locked up in your life insurance policy by lending you money against the face amount of your policy. This loan is not like other loans where you need to make monthly payments, and it only gets repaid out of the proceeds of the life insurance policy. Visit FifthSeasonFinancial.com slash radio and get approved quickly. Fifth Season Financial wants to help you live your best life. Text LIVE to 411411. Text the word LIVE to 411411. thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company, and all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. This is not time for spiritual awakening. I need to be the man that God made me to be. From the creators of God's Not Dead, the new movie, One Nation Under God. We can do anything with faith. We can accomplish anything with faith. Winner of 35 Film Festival, starring Kevin Sorbo and Antonio Sabato Jr. One Nation Under under God. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase and use promo code MOVIE for 20% off. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at Unbound.org. Premature birth is the number one killer of babies. Those who survive often face birth defects and complications that affect them for life. For hundreds of thousands of families in the United States... This is the hardest thing they will ever have to face. And it's even harder on the baby. March of Dimes is providing education and support to families and funding life-saving research to give every baby a fighting chance. You can help. Do something today. Give them tomorrow at marchadimes.org slash tomorrow. 
Well, I mean, during the break, you know, of course, we continue to talk, you know, and uh, Mike's saying he's got to stop listening to the news. Uh, yep. so, uh, look, we're, we're different. If you say and if you say that you love Jesus and if you in your heart want to be a person of peace, then how do we engage? Right. How do we look at this? Because, you know, we have to be different. We have to be on the front lines. We have to be the bomb. We have to be the love. We have to be the authentic ones as opposed to all the, you know, false baloney and bluster. So it's not even the church proper. It's you and me. It's Mm -hmm. our hearts proper that need to make these inroads. And I don't know how you do that with a large angry mob or a large defensive mob. I'm not sure what that looks like because, of course, we as believers don't do ourselves any favor in the social media stream because we are the outsiders. We're the crazy people. But there's got to be something. The the love of Jesus in many ways has to cut through all the notions of the insanity that we're currently waiting in here in America. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.